The Arrowhead Invitational heads to Baltimore. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. This is an AFC championship game preview. Kind of used to it at this point. Matthew Lane. Hi. Hello, Kent. Um, how are you, buddy? I am so excited. I was really bummed that I had to miss my Monday show, so I'm really hyped to be here. Really excited to talk about this team because I haven't got a real chance to do that since the you know since the post game show. So I'm very excited to be here. Before before we we even get to Craig and myself, do you just want to give a quick rip on how what you thought about the Chiefs' performance against the Bills since okay. you weren't here? Just like a yeah, yeah. I mean, I can do that. Um, I thought, you know, they played a complete football game. I think Patrick Levon Holmes played the best game uh, of his season. I think he's playing exactly how this team needs him to be. Uh, the Chiefs eliminated a lot of mistakes that they've made in the past and outside of one. And if they continue to play like that, they're going to be really difficult for the Baltimore Ravens to beat. So, yeah, that's my high-level explanation, thoughts on the game. So, yeah. Thank you for giving me 30 seconds to do that. Of course. No problem, buddy. I'm glad that you were able to get that in in 30 seconds. Craig, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing phenomenally. Um, I am currently holding down the fort here uh, just before the East-West Shrine game. You guys are going to be joining me tomorrow, and I'll get to see your beautiful faces in person. So I'm very excited about that. But currently holding down our Airbnb in Dallas right now with Tucker D. Franklin, Joel Prestile and BJ Kissel. We're having a good time down here tonight. Does does the D stand for Dallas? It's no, the D, D doesn't stand for Dallas. No, it stands for Frisco. Oh, clearly. <laughs> well, I just want to say before we get into this too, I I'm happy. I'm one. I'm happy to come hang out with you guys. That's a lot of fun, and I'm happy the Chiefs are playing in this game. But I I'm really glad for the rest of the AFC that the Chiefs felt so generous this year that they would allow the Arrowhead Invitational to go on the road. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been in one location for a while now. I think we're moving from like a permanent, like circus situation where it's now traveling. The Airhead Invitational can now travel around the AFC. So, you know, Baltimore, you know, get ready. It, it's coming to a Swiss city near you. Um, very, very shortly. Yeah. Bring it on. We're very excited to be watching Kansas city go and rip the hearts out of, uh, the city of Baltimore. It could be quite a delightful evening or afternoon really on uh, Sunday. So we're going to get into this game, kind of breaking it down as we always do. We'll start with the offensive side of the football. Um, obviously all, the Baltimore Ravens defense is being um, praised as they should be one of the best, if not the best defensive units in the entire league. It is a massive challenge for the chiefs to undertake. And it will kind of test a lot of the improvements that we've seen this team make over the last, you know, month or so, Matthew. I mean, yeah, let's just I mean, let's rip the bandaid off right off the top, right? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense is kind of like a nightmare matchup for for the Kansas City Chiefs. They do all of their strengths are in the areas that the Chiefs want to exploit, and all of their weaknesses are in the areas the Chiefs struggle to exploit. You can run the ball quite not well, but you can run the ball pretty well on the Baltimore Ravens defense. The Chiefs don't typically dive into a game with a heavy run script, especially in these big important games. Will they if it's working? Sure, they work it in, but they are never going to be the Los Angeles Rams and run the ball nine straight times to start a game to great success, right? So like That's the one spot. The next one is their outside corners are probably the weaker part of their secondary. That's not where the Chiefs want to live or on the football. They would much rather pepper the middle of the field. Short to intermediate, that's also where... Kyle Hamilton and Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith play, which are their best players on defense. So just the things that the Ravens do well on defense is a bad matchup for what the Chiefs want to do. And so it, I'm kind of interested to see how the Chiefs go about approaching that. I think we've seen from Andy Reid in this offense the first two weeks, game plans have been widely different, right? So they are going to come out with something else. They're not going to be like, oh, we're just going to try to slam our heads into the strength of this defense over and over again. So I'm curious what the game plan is. I just want to start off the top. It is a hard matchup for this Chiefs offense that just recently found its footing. It really, really is. This is not 
anywhere close to the same sort of matchup that the Chiefs saw in the first two weeks of the playoffs. This is not something where you're looking at it and you're like, oh, there's an area of the field that the Chiefs can exploit. You're not targeting specific, you know, you're not looking at the second level of the Bills or the Dolphins, you know, the defense and saying, oh, wow, Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice should have a field day. Isaiah Pacheco should be able to run at will. This is a very tough defense. Manny, I'm going to push back a little bit on what you said about those being their best players. Justin Matabuke has arguably been their best player this season. Like, he has been awesome this season. They have dudes at all three levels, and they have the types of players and the types of scheme that is just a really bad matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Do a lot of simulated pressures. They drop guys out. They bring pressure from a little bit of everywhere. They are going to confuse this offensive line that is very good at picking things up. They're still going to have elements and curveballs and things like that that they're going to be able to capitalize on going forward in this game. And they have the dudes to execute that scheme at a very high level. So, yeah, I look up and down this defense and I just say, hey, this is a really, really, really tough go. And granted, AFC Championship game, of course, it's going to be a really tough go. But this is arguably the best defense in the NFL. And I'm saying that as somebody that's been a proponent for the Kansas City Chiefs to be included in that conversation, Baltimore Ravens are just that much better than everybody else right now. Yeah, two two really high level defenses are going to be on the field this week, and that's I mean that's this this is to be expected. This is the AFC Championship game. This is the best record in the AFC, a thirteen and four football team, and uh, yeah, they've got some really good players, you know, up and down that up and down that roster. Um, you know, I, I, curious what you guys think from a run scheme perspective. We can kind of start in there. Do you think that they're going to try to line up and play? You know, you know, lean on their wide zone? Do you think they're going to try to get into their gap stuff? Like, what do you think schematically that this team's going to try to do in the run game? So it really depends on how the Ravens try to play it. Uh, in the past, the Ravens have tried to stick to nickel against a lot of teams, especially that have good quarterbacks. And it's actually resulted in them giving up more rushing yards than that defense is accustomed to. Now, their past defense has been better because of it. But when they stick to their nickel, teams have had success running. And especially teams, when they go with condensed formations, they have been able to get wide receivers or tight ends up to the second level on the outside, whether it's going to be Patrick Queen as as the will, or it's going to be Kyle Hamilton kind of playing as the nickelback. They have been able to successfully get a body on them quickly, get it, get away from Roquan Smith and kind of get some yards going. So I think... It looks like a kind of split zone game to me. Uh, maybe a little bit of counter. I think the Chiefs lead the NFL in counter runs this year, right? So I think some of those runs where you're hitting just a little bit off tackle, you're throwing a little bit of misdirection in there to play off of two very aggressive linebackers. You're giving yourselves the options to get offensive linemen up to that second level quickly because they are playing with lighter bodies. And none of those second level defenders are guys that want to take on blocks. Rokon Smith, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton. Like I'm not saying they can't, but none of those guys are what you would classify as a thumper. Neither one of them want a offensive lineman climbing clean up to them. So I do think the Chiefs can just simply be more physical. And they have run split zone. They have run counter as a more physical team. Like that's where I hope they would lean into this game. I don't think you want to stretch this team horizontally. I think the pitches, the outside zone, it sounds like a really bad idea versus this defense, given what we've seen from the Chiefs offense this year. Especially as many times as I've watched Baltimore this year, those defensive ends, the the unblocked backside ones when you're trying to run away from them, they're really hard to run away from. You know, uh, these are guys that have been able to chase guys down repeatedly and punish them for trying to run some of those stretch type plays. I know how we all feel about Jadavian Clowney, but I have watched him blow up multiple runs as a backside unblocked defender. So yes, trying to run some of that wide zone stuff trying to run some of that outside zone stuff just doesn't make as much sense as maybe it does in some other stuff now the split zone stuff absolutely you got a guy that's kicking out that backside in throwing a little bit of misdirection mixing in a little bit of power mixing in a little bit of you know maybe a little gt counter or something like that getting some guys on the move it it's going to be one of those i think this is a game that we might see the Chiefs with a little bit more pulling blockers or guys coming across the formation to kick out somebody rather than just like a straight up, we're going to line up and run outside and inside zone, which is an Andy Reid special. That might limit some of the RPO game that they have built into the offense right now. But for a team that maybe wants to capitalize on a nickel defense, 
try and just take advantage of it in, in a singular game. Like this is one where it really feels like that off-speed gap, power, counter, you know, and the split zone stuff just makes sense based on what the Chiefs have done historically. Yeah, and like for a for a three down team, like their guys move okay. You know, I think I Michael Pierce topped out down at 15 miles an hour trying to d- chase a play. That was fun. I still, that was a fun I play. Still, <laughs> you know, I think you still try to get him moving a little bit louder. You try to get him thinking a little bit. You try to get that that front three thinking a little bit. You know, if they're going to play a three down. You know, that thing, like you guys kind of said, maybe they're in a two down. We'll find out kind of what kind of personnel choices that, that this, this team needs to have. So, um, Maddie, I know you had some interesting numbers about kind of 11 versus 12 personnel that you saw with the Ravens, just something off the top, throw that out there. Yeah, the Ravens this year have actually seen the lowest amount of 12 personnel um, in the NFL. And I thought that's kind of surprising. They, they're they good against it. They rank 12th in EPA per play given up to 12 personnel, but they are dead last in the rate of 12 personnel they face. And so that immediately sparked an interest in my mind because I do wonder, are they going to match 12 with base? Are they matching it with nickel? What's their plan going to be? This team, when they go to base, gets a lot worse versus, versus the pass. Now, they improve versus the run, but they get a lot worse versus the pass. And then conversely, you look at the Chiefs, they have zero qualms lighting up in 12 personnel a lot and throwing the football out of 12 personnel. We've seen that in both rounds of the playoffs now. The Chiefs are very willing to get two tight ends on the field and still try to push the ball or run. It actually makes the Chiefs a little bit more balanced because they can go under center more frequently. Their run game variety increases. They can do more stuff in the run game that allows them to get into the hard play action and protect offensive tackles a little bit. So I am interested. I think that could be one of these low-key, sneaky matchups here that can sway the game. How do the Ravens handle 12 personnel? Do they have a good answer? And if they don't, are the Chiefs willing to just stick on the same thing that's working all game long? And whether that's the run, whether that is the pass, will Andy stick to one thing for a long enough time? We saw them do it for a while against Buffalo, but then on that last drive, you know, they, they kind of pulled away from that that final drive where the Chiefs could have put the game away where they had the real possession um, before the Pacheco ran it out. They threw the ball a lot. They got away from the heavy personnel and the condensed looks and all of a sudden tried to go revert back to their normal offense. I just wonder how long they'll stick with heavy personnel even if they are having success or not. I really like that. That was something that I was planning to bring up here. On December 12th, I got a text message from somebody that's in national... NFL media that asked what has happened to the 13 personnel like absolutely loved the 13 personnel usage that the Chiefs had done throughout the season loved the efficiency that they'd ran it and it disappeared and the Chiefs haven't run a ton of it since then this feels like the type of game you want to ensure that you are you know getting Baltimore out of some of their blitz packages we've talked about this before with Steve Spagnuolo and his base defense Steve Spagnuolo is a very creative individual. He's got all sorts of blitz packages, all sorts of pressure looks that he can bring from a variety of packages. His base defense has the least of those. By far, every defensive coordinator, that is the case. You want to take some of the dynamic nature of the Ravens' defense out of this game, line up in 13 personnel. You're using Travis Kelsey as a move tight end anyway. You're really getting Noah Gray some nice open looks and some, you know, various schemes. And Blake Bell can help, you know, with some of the twists, the games, guys coming off the edge, stuff like that. You can run some hard play action out of 13 personnel as well as run the ball pretty effectively out of 13 personnel. I am wondering if this is the game that we start to see that come back. But that's to the same point that Maddie was bringing up there with 12 personnel. You're trying to get them into their base defense. You don't want them to be in their nickel. You want to force them to bring more guys into the box and then try and hit stuff over the top, try and get some space in the intermediate areas of the field as they try and stack the box to try and prevent Isaiah Pacheco from having big runs. I think this is a game where we might see a little bit more of that 13 personnel. I know the focus is all on the wide receivers, who's going to get open and all of that. I'm looking at 13 personnel and maybe Noah Gray and a little bit of Blake Bell having some impact moving the chain once or twice this game. When you guys are talking a little bit about the outside corners and how to kind of attack them, well, guess what? Travis Kelsey still knows how to Y-ISO. Like, you can still get into your Y-ISO looks, and that can help dictate some of that a little bit. You might get him, you know, put on a, you know, on a Brandon Stevens. You know, uh, you might be able to get him matched up a little with one of those outside corners 
or potentially tilt the coverage a little bit towards him. Maybe Kyle Hamilton's playing to Travis's side or something like that. You kind of see that a little bit. So um, I think that's something to pay attention to. You can still get in the 13 personnel and you can still flex Travis out like you normally would. Um, that could present some some options to match up Travis, you know, you know, with an outside corner and, and give him some some space to run a little option route or something like that over out there. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs Podcast Network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs, straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, everybody, hanging out with us tonight on this live show, getting ready for Chiefs-Ravens. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit off the top about this Bills game that they, the Chiefs just played. They they reduced their mistakes significantly, and I think you saw the byproduct of that. There was one huge, crucial mistake that made that game a lot more interesting. That was the difference between the Chiefs scoring 27 and 34 points, quite literally. Um, that was a opportunity for them to bust that game open and make this the fourth quarter a little bit more comfortable the mistakes have continued to go down i think week over week and you saw it against the dolphins you know there was still some mistakes that they were making they still are able to put points on the board and comfortably win that football game this last week was awesome you know i think they did a really good job kind of eliminating a lot of those mistakes and penalties you know one turnover at the goal line outside of that they played a pretty clean game i think you know, another another clean performance like that feels like it's it's going to put them in a really good situation to try to win this football game. And here's the trick: the Ravens are the best team in the NFL at forcing turnovers. Um, yeah. So that's you know, and the Bills were actually I think pretty decent at it throughout most of the year on like a per play basis. So it's not like it was significantly different. But the Bills were also hurt. The Ravens are very good at making teams make mistakes, and they're very aggressive. Craig touched on the blitz stuff earlier, but even just how the secondary plays, like. Ronald Darby has come back for them this year, come onto the team this year as it's gone on. And he's one of the most aggressive corners just coming downhill. And Brandon Stevens plays the same way. Like every single player on that team plays like a Raven. They are all physical, flying downhill and a lot of stuff. And you, that means there are going to be opportunities to catch them being overly aggressive if you're the Chiefs. But it also means you can't be a little loose with the football. You can't have the ball hanging out loose when you're running. You can't be, if you're Patrick Mahomes, 
I'm not saying don't force it in the tight windows because I think he's going to have to to win this game, but you can't miss them. You can't lazily try to put the ball out there where it might be contested. Like the Justin Watson's drop to start the game is a perfect example. I think if that throw happens a half a second earlier, it's perfect. The DB still has no chance to make the play, but if you do that versus the Ravens and it's that half a second late, not that the receiver still couldn't have caught it, but now you're putting the ball in danger versus a secondary that is very good at taking it away. So they just do have to be a little careful, I think, in this game, especially to start that they don't give the Ravens a chance to create turnovers, let the offense get in rhythm, because once you fall behind against this team, it gets really, really difficult. You want to keep it close the whole game, if not get out ahead of them. Like Game script is huge, and I think not having these mistakes, and whether that's penalties getting behind the sticks and letting Mike McDonald do a complete Steve Spagnuolo thing, we're Chiefs fans. We know what Steve Spagnuolo does when it's third and long. The Ravens do the same thing all the time. You don't want to be in that spot or you don't want to turn the ball over. So like, I think it is going to be a big part of this game is to not be sloppy with the possessions of the football or the penalties. And I mean, that goes for every game, but especially so against this Steve. Like we can't have, we can't impress that enough. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen in the middle of the field are the type of guys that if Patrick Mahomes is trying to layer a ball over the middle of the field, maybe he's a little bit more lazy with it. Maybe he's, you know, trying to put a little extra touch on it or something like that, trying to drop it over one of those guys, they're going to go up and get it. Kyle Hamilton is really good at undercutting routes, coming up with big plays. He has been absolutely stellar at doing that in his young NFL career. That's where the Chiefs are throwing the majority of their passes right now, in the area of the field with those three guys. And so that's one of those that you can't have situations where you're trying to basically drop something in lazily, not lazily, you know, lightly or something like that, trying to layer something in because one of those guys can come up there and make it happen, especially with the way that the Chiefs receivers and tight ends attack the ball. These guys don't go up and get it. They don't go up and play with strong hands very often. So if you got a guy like, you know, at an MVS that's drifting away from the ball and Patrick is trying to drop it in there, Kyle Hamilton will run in front of that and jump it. That could be the difference in this game. This Ravens defense is so good. The offense that we're going to get to pretty soon here, the Ravens offense, is going to try and drain this clock. That's just the way that they play football. That's the way that they do things. So every opportunity counts in the biggest way. I know that we just got done seeing the Chiefs overcome one of those major turnovers against a good football team in the Buffalo Bills. This is a better football team in the Baltimore Ravens. Once you get behind the sticks, once you get behind those sorts of situations, you're just going to be in trouble against this defense because they get to tee off in all the same ways that we remember a Wink Martindale defense doing it against the Kansas City Chiefs. I remember hearing a quote once about Patrick Mahomes saying, they throw everything at us, literally everything at us with a Wink Martindale defense. That's what it feels like with this Mike McDaniels defense too. So it's one of those that a little bit of everything they're going to see and you got to have your head on a swivel and you got to make sure not to put contested balls up in the air right now with these Chiefs receivers. You know, a good place to, you know, an easy way to avoid contested uh, passes is to throw over the top too. And the Ravens are a very, very, very good defense. This is not the most athletic backs, you know, secondary that you're going to see. You know, outside of Brandon Stevens, there's a lot of four sixes in the back end of their defense. So if you are able to try to get past them a little bit, that's an opportunity like a big explosive play would go a long way in the Chiefs winning this game if they're able to just run past this Ravens defense if they're able to you know hit a big play down the field over the top that could be a a huge help to this team trying to win this game Matthew I know you had something you wanted to talk about on the blitz yeah I think we see the highlights of the Ravens you tune in to watch them you see a lot of the pressures and a lot of the blitzes but they don't they don't actually blitz that much. They do a lot of bluffing and they do a lot of dropping out. So they technically end up with just four rushers. It's just not always the four defensive linemen or three defensive linemen in a DB. They'll drop out two defensive linemen on a play to play in coverage to send two players and overload one side. So the blitzing scheme or like the pass rush in game plan is exotic, but they don't really send that many extra people. Against CJ Stroud, they did about 40% of the time. That was the most in the past four weeks that they've sent after anybody by far. They live in, you know, 10 to 20% most games. So I don't know if it's even going to be a heavy blitz script against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That They might try it and see if they have success. 
but I don't know if they're going to lean heavily into it. I know a lot of Chiefs fans have probably looked at this defense, seen the way Mike McDonald plays, and they're not worried about it, but expecting it. I don't think you're going to see the Miami Dolphins cover zero game plan for half of it coming out. I don't no. think you're going to see the Ravens trying to heat Mahomes like that. If you go back and watch, like they blitz Jared Goff a lot. You go back and watch, there's a lot of plays out there to be made that Jared Goff just couldn't make. You give Patrick Mahomes those same opportunities versus those looks, he's going to make them. Same thing, you go watch C.J. Stroud, part of it, I think, was the way that offense was structured, but he was also a tick late getting to some of the stuff that he needed to. I don't think Mahomes would be late, so I just... I don't know if the Ravens are going to blitz as much as it seems like media has made it out to be, but when they do, you do got to be careful because they are going to drop someone underneath what your expected hot route's going to be 100% of the time. They are not going to blitz and give you the free slant behind the pressure. There is going to be a DN, there's going to be a safety rotating, and there's going to be somebody covering up the blitz if you're just planning on throwing into it, so you have to be ready to play a step ahead. I think Patrick Mahomes will be. I am completely confident in Patrick Mahomes beating it. I just want to say they are very meticulous about making sure they get a person to cover up who is expected to be hot off of their pressure. And, you know, a lot of times you'll see, like sometimes you'll see those corners playing off in some of those scenarios too. And Patrick Mahomes has been very good about throwing hitches out routes in those kind of situations as well to beat the blitz. So he's not afraid to throw the ball outside of the numbers when teams are trying to drop under your presumed hots or your anticipated hots. And he's actually been, I mean, that's. I think that's been one of the ways that he's been able to just take in some easy completions if they're going to try to play soft behind some of that stuff. Instead, I mean, you know, or if they're going to press, you got to go try to take it, right? But, I mean, I think they're going to, I think you could see them still playing some co- soft coverage outside underneath some of that, if they're going to try to, you know, jump some of that stuff underneath. So, uh, sorry, yeah. Craig, I guess you want to jump in there. No, no, you're absolutely good. That, and, you know, it's not just necessarily the blitz, like Maddie was saying. It's those simulated pressures. It's bringing the slot, bringing a linebacker, dropping out Justin Matabuki and one of the edges. You know, essentially dropping those guys out. You're still rushing three or four, but you're not in a scenario where you know your your offensive line knows where everybody is coming from all the time. And that kind of points me to the point. Joe Tooney's been one of the absolute best players on this offensive line for several years now you know first team all pro repeatedly second team all pro you know he he's that kind of guy he has not practiced yet this week it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Joe Tooney we will see I know we all feel confident in Nick Allegretti but if there's one game I want Joe Tooney back for it's this one from a communication standpoint from sorting out some of those extra rushers sorting out where those guys are coming from trying to figure out where they need to shift their protection to to make sure that Patrick has the time when there are all those guys still in the secondary and dropping into coverage to find the soft spots. It's not just as simple as, oh, I got to throw hot because like Maddie said, you got a guy dropping underneath that. You've got somebody that is waiting for that sort of thing. So you still got to sort out the coverage. Now, once you get three, four seconds into the coverage, you've got a defensive tackle and coverage and your odds are much better but you've got to sort out those blitzes you've got to sort out those extra rushers early Joe Tooney is a major help for that so I've really got my eye on that because if Joe Tooney can't go in this game that is a big big problem from a communication standpoint I will say though and I agree with you but I also think Nick Allegretti how long he's been here he played out his rookie contract mm-hmm. I think this is his fifth season in the NFL and there's some continuity there with him in that group you know, they, there's, there's, you know, he's, he's stepped in and, and not skipped a beat. I think he's done a really good job. So I do agree with you. It's going to be a challenge and there's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be, you know, a, a, a jump down for sure between Tootie and Allegretti. But also I think I'm, I'm glad he's here. You know, I'm glad he's, I mean, he's a, he's a high quality interior offensive lineman. If he can hold up this offense could be electrifying. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that can help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's right, you can bet on Chiefs, Ravens. There's going to be all kinds of crazy props out there I'm sure that you can take advantage of. And I think the Chiefs are currently plus money right now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility. Just stop. Posit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're going to take a break. I'm going to take a breath. We'll be right back after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. Chief fence time. Let's get going. So this is a big challenge for this for this chief fence, obviously. This has been a very good offense, has put a lot of points on the board. There's been times where they've absolutely embarrassed some teams, putting 56 on the board against the Miami Dolphins. Um, where do you want to start, Matthew? Like, like, pick your poison, I guess, right? Oh, man. Okay. Um, I am glad the Chiefs played the Bills and the Bills came out with the game plan that they did because I yes. think that is a pretty good preparation for what the Ravens would like to do. I'm not saying it's one-to-one. Don't Anybody think I am saying that? I know we have some Ravens fans in the chats. I'm not trying to say anything negative. It's just the Baltimore or the Baltimore Ravens like to play football in the way the Buffalo Bills tried to play football against the Chiefs last week. And hey, the Bills had some success doing it. So if you want to hang your hat on that, you can. They want to run the ball. They want to get as many big bodies out there on the field as they can. And when they drop back the pass on these basic concepts, when Reed one or two isn't there, guess what? There's quarterbacks that want to take off. So I, I think the Chiefs did get a little glimpse at some of the stuff they are going to see from the Baltimore Ravens in this game. Now, they're going to have to make adjustments. I think the Ravens, even more than the Bills, are a little bit better suited to just grind it out over and over again and never dip in the passing game. Granted, Bills' run game had been just as efficient as anybody else in the NFL leading up to that game. But like, I think the Ravens are a little bit more... The Bills are trying to transition to that style of football play. The Ravens have been there for 20 years, right? So they're <laughs> kind of used to having to do that. It's just, I think the Chiefs defense got valuable experience playing against big personnel, heavy personnel, a lot of pulling, a lot of different runs. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be QB runs off the edge sprinkled in. So you're going to have to make sure your backside contained player is you know on his P's and Q's. And they weren't always versus the Bills. No, they definitely weren't. And that's the part that, should terrify most Chiefs fans the, that watch that game. They're looking at an offense that is going to do largely what the Baltimore Ravens are going to do, except their quarterback is harder to corral. Yeah, Josh Allen is tough to bring to the ground, but you can hit him. Yeah, he runs fast, but he's a big dude. You can still hit him. It's hard to get your hands on them all. And it, it's really difficult to keep him in the pocket the same way that they tried to do against Josh Allen by making those early adjustments after it became very clear early on, hey, the Buffalo Bills are going to commit heavily to the run. They're going to commit to all this short stuff. They're going to play everything short. The Baltimore Ravens do that most of the time. So I don't foresee Steve Spagnuolo coming out, playing particularly soft on the outside, allowing some of these dump-offs, allowing some of the stuff that we saw against the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to commit to the run fit very, very, very much against the Baltimore Ravens. The dangerous part about that, Baltimore Ravens have some good receivers. I know the last couple of times that Steve Spagnuolo has played this offense, there have been pieces that have been around but haven't necessarily lived up to their potential. Zay Flowers is a really good football player, and they've got a guy coming back in Mark Andrews, it looks like, this weekend that's probably the second or third best tight end in the league. Like, he's right there in the conversation for one of the best. And then you've got Odell Beckham Jr., you've got Rashad Bateman. They have weapons, and they can dump the ball off to a guy like Justice Hill, who is dynamic with the football in his hands. They are far more dangerous than we want to give them credit for through the air. It's just their offense does look short. It does look to run first. It does look to commit to that sort of stuff. And so Steve Spagnuolo is going to need to corral that, going to need to stay ahead of the sticks, not get into the same situations he did against Buffalo where second and two and second and one constantly, all game long through the first three quarters there. But at the same time, they are scary on the outside. I really liked the Chiefs defense matchup against the Buffalo wide receivers. I don't exactly love the matchup against the Baltimore Ravens wide receivers this week. Why is that? 
I just, I, I, I think that there's so much speed that's going to be there. And if you are going to try and commit an extra guy to the run fit because you are going to have a quarterback like a Lamar that you do need to commit a safety to getting downhill quickly, you, you either have to make your decision. We have to keep the umbrella over the top of a guy like Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr. We have to keep that umbrella over the top or we drag somebody else into the run fit. There's no both there and either one of those is scary you just either allow Lamar Jackson you allow this run game to kind of have their way with you on early downs and you require them to play perfect like they did with Josh Allen or you try and get ahead of the stick so that you can get into your dime defense so that you get into those scenarios where you have your pressure packages you can dial stuff up get pressure on Lamar and try and rattle him early which I think is probably what Steve Spagnuolo is going to try to do and real quick I just want to touch on the the wide receivers because I I get where Craig's coming from, but I, I feel pretty good about the Chiefs secondary against them, actually. I, Odell Beckham Jr. is the only wide receiver that's, like, good, good versus man coverage. Uh, Say Flowers, okay, but he's, you know, average yards per route run. Same thing same thing with Bateman. Like, their only receiver that is actively beating man-to-man coverage is Odell Beckham Jr., and guess what? I kind of have a solution for that named Legereus Sneed, and so... I feel comfortable with other cornerbacks matched up on a Zay Flowers, a Nelson Aguilar, you know, whoever's going to be out there. So I, I I don't know. I feel okay now. The question is, can you play man versus Lamar Jackson? Like that's, right. that's yeah. the trick. That's, uh, that's what I was going to come back in with. Yeah. In the past, Steve Spagnuolo has been able to, and we don't know what, uh, Willie Gay is not Lamar Jackson athletic, but he's really darn athletic, and the Chiefs did not have him against the Buffalo Bills. So we don't know how they were planning on playing without him. I just wanted to say, like, I do think the Chiefs actually uniquely have some pretty good answers for the for the Baltimore Ravens receivers. They are better than what they have been. I just don't think I look at the Ravens wide receiver group yet, and I'm scared when I also look across at the Chiefs secondary. I'm like, oh, no, I see edges to the Chiefs secondary almost across the board if we're lining them up one-to-one all the way down to number four or whatever it may be. And one quick comment on Willie Gay, too, that I think is kind of interesting. So, I was on with Jason Anderson uh, today on 810. If you are listening you know, to, to 810, you can listen to him and Josh every day from 10 to 2 on 810. And every Thursday, one of Craig, Maddie, or I goes on with him. So it was my turn this week. Um, we were talking about Willie Gay, and Jason said that you know there was some r- reports, rumblings out there. The, the game plan for the Chiefs against Josh Allen was to utilize Willie Gay as a spy. Um, which doesn't surprise us all that much, right? Because we've seen Willie Gay utilize the spy in the past. But anything that the Chiefs had planned to utilize Willie Gay and weaponize Willie Gay last week is going to be on the table now for them. So does that lengthen the the call sheet a little bit more? That gives them some stuff that they that the Ravens have yet to see. I don't. It's something worth paying attention to. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this is a an opportunity for you know for them to to use some of the stuff that they might have been planning on using for Josh Allen with that spy and some of those calls kind of carry over without anybody seeing them. Um, I will kind of also echo too. Like, I would love to turn this game into the Ravens receivers versus the Chiefs secondary because when I look at the point, like if I'm picking poison, I I don't think I want to deal with the tight ends. Um, I think they have two really good different types of tight ends that can, you know, create problems and I've in the run game and Lamar's legs. So if the Chiefs, I, I, you know, of all the matchups, I think I prefer that one the most, I think. you know, I, I think that's the one where I feel the most confident if I'm looking at the totality of this offense and what they're able to do. And again, if they're playing man, sure. I just don't think that that's probably what yeah. you want to, yeah, that's a potential recipe for disaster against Lamar Jackson. Now, you this game script goes a different way where all of a sudden you've got the ability to play a little bit more man coverage. You've got the ability to stay in some lighter personnel because you're not as worried about the run. You're not as worried about a dedicated run game. You're still worried about Lamar running the ball. I'm not He's still back there. But it's not one of those where you're worried about, okay, well, how do we defend the read option on this play out of this different set of personnel? You get the game script going that way, absolutely. Like that, that favors the Chiefs in a big way. You can man up against some of these guys. That secondary is still good, but you know, in the early going here, I, I think you got to pick your poison a little bit. I think the Chiefs are going to have a heavy dosage of zone match zones and things like that, where they keep their eyes a little bit in the backfield before transitioning to their coverage responsibility, and then you got to hope 
that you can win up front. You got to hope that those defensive ends contain. You got to hope that those linebackers fill those interior gaps and you can kind of corral a little bit of what the Ravens do. It's very easy to say Steve Spagnuolo has come up with really good game plans <laughs> against this Ravens defense in the past. Like it's really easy to say, oh, this is all you got to do. Really hard to execute. I think anybody that watched the, you know, the Joe Cullen clip from last week where he's having to remind his defensive ends the game plan in the middle of the game because they're not executing it. You can't do that against this defense or this offense because they're just too good with their run game, whereas the Bills aren't quite to the level of the Ravens in that regard. Well, and like, and I guess we should get to the elephant in the room too here, right? Like we've skirted around it. Like I, I would can't. I think I if if the Chiefs lose this game because of the Ravens wide receivers, I'm okay with that because I think that is the lowest part of the totem pole that I'm afraid of. Right? I would be more worried about the run game beating me. I'd be more worried about Lamar Jackson's legs beating me or Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely going off. Like I think the wide receivers are at the bottom end of my. This is what I'm afraid of. But here, here's the ultimate, like, in all of the passing game X Factor, the Blitz. Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. still highly suspect versus the Blitz. I mean, like, mm-hmm. for elite quarterbacks, he's pretty far down the list. He's maybe the worst elite quarterback in terms of handling the Blitz. And, like, sometimes he's fine. And if you're going to Blitz and you lose contain and he can get out on the move, obviously he's a dangerous player. But, man, when that Blitz is coming, he doesn't see it, or the vast majority of the time, he struggles so much in the Blitz, and especially against teams like the Chiefs with Steve Spagnuolo who mix it up. It's not just, oh, here comes another cat blitz. Oh, here's a linebacker mugged up on the A-gap. Go ahead and call it out and get it blocked. No, when you start sending guys from places he doesn't know, he starts not drifting in the pocket, running in the pocket the wrong way. He stops looking downfield. He starts looking at the rush. I I give Lamar Jackson credit. He tries to stick in pockets too. If you contain him, he will try to hang out in the pocket and maneuver around the pocket. But guess what? He holds the ball like this when doing so, and it results in a lot of fumbles. And so, like, I just, at the end of the day, the Chiefs didn't blitz Josh Allen hardly at all. They played very passive coming after Josh Allen, which is different than how they have played him in years past. It's different than how they played him earlier this year. I would be absolutely floored if they go back to that same game plan against Lamar Jackson based on where Steve Spagnuolo has had success blitzing him in the past and based on the fact that just how different Lamar Jackson looks once he starts getting flustered by the blitz. And like it has a snowball effect on him. You get home once or twice, it takes a few good drives that they have to really get back in rhythm before he returns back into that same MVP level quarterback. So if you keep him on edge all game, which is which is doable, it's been difficult mm-hmm. this year for teams, but it is doable, especially if you are good at creating nice pressures. He looks a lot worse, and then you really start to challenge his arm. We've seen him make very, very silly decisions. You've seen him make very, very poor throws. So, like, he is a quarterback that under pressure, especially versus the Blitz, dips a ton in his level of play. So that's how you balance out, I think, the mismatches in, in the coverage unit. Well, I think you saw that in the second quarter of the game against uh, against the Texans, too. Yeah. Like, he got out of rhythm. He looked lost. He looked confused. And I think it's going to be on Spags to just give, to put a lot on Lamar Jackson's plate, to confuse him, and to you know, kind of throw a lot of you know, throw a lot of different stuff at him, and, and really getting getting him think. I think there was some comment about you know, if you can get to it to tap that ball, then you know you've got him right. I think there's a little bit of that to Lamar, where obviously there's a dynamic element to him after he's held onto the ball a beat longer than he wants to, and you've got to be able to contain, you've got to be able to play discipline in your run fits. You have to bring him to the ground when you get a free rusher like they failed to do against Josh Allen last week. But I do think if Steve Spagnuolo can keep them out of a rhythm and mix things up and mix and match and kind of just be a little bit unpredictable, I think Steve Spagnuolo is a a nightmare for Lamar Jackson. I think he's a nightmare matchup for Lamar Jackson. I mean, he is. I I think he presents a lot of problems for a lot of quarterbacks. But I think if if you're getting Lamar to hold the ball a beat and you can stay disciplined in your rush. I think a lot of good things are going to happen. I think there's, you know, I think that falls on early down success, right? You've got to be good against the run in early downs and they're going to get a couple of theirs here or there, you know, early down throws. But yeah, I I just think if you can put them in a neutral to pass heavy game script, I think good things can really happen. And even if it's a neutral game script, I trust D Spagnolo to be able to present and give Lamar Jackson some things that are going to hold him up a little bit. Yeah, sure. 
I, again, Steve Spagnuolo is one of the best postseason defensive coordinators that ever right now, potentially ever, but it did certainly that is active right now. So there's going to be a wrinkle there that we're not aware of. There's going to be something new that he's going to break, you know, it, break in this week. There's going to be something that he has seen, or Joe Cullen has seen, or Brendan Daly has seen, or Dave Merritt has seen. All of these guys are coaching at such a high level this year. And so I do expect that we're going to see some st- some new stuff. We're going to see some wrinkles. We're going to see some un- unscouted looks. We saw that against Miami, and it really confused you know, the Miami coaching staff. They didn't know what to do with what they were putting on tape there. So I'm sure that there's going to be something there. I don't think it's going to be the same scenario that we saw last week where they lose Mike Edwards, they lose Willie Gay, and now all of a sudden they kind of revert to this softer shell not playing quite as aggressive in the flats. I don't think we're going to see that level of kind of cushion that's out there. So I am just really curious to see what's going to happen there do because they really have to play. Yeah, go ahead, Ken. Yeah. Well, do you, do, yes, do you think, do, do they do they throw the 3-3-5 out a little bit? A little they, bit of run could, blitz, the, the, the little blitz is, with, you know? I'm yeah. Just, I, I mean, just adding an athlete onto the field and... Uh, maybe I, I can see the, the rush lean integrity though is that's, I, yeah serve. that's that's exactly it. If it's a three three five, Baltimore should just come out and throw the ball all the time. They don't want to run into the teeth of that. They don't want to try and you know try and get to the edge on sounds that. great. Yeah, I mean, it, like sounds awesome. Like let's turn it into a let's turn it into a, a, a Lamar versus Mons game. Like, but that, I don't know. Five, they've they've tried to use it on like some second and mediums, or you know if yeah. there's a. A second and long where they've got 12 personnel on the field. It's kind of like a hybrid big versus, you know, sub package run there. And by doing that, you know, you're you're still keeping those guys in the box. You're still pushing that there. You get a little d- less dynamic rushing the pass there. You get guys that aren't necessarily as comfortable at keeping rush lanes. And if Baltimore just kind of goes, you know, big on big man blocks throughout the the whole front there you got drew tranquil and leo chanel against offensive tackles i I mean i i love both of those individuals but that's not a matchup that i'm like oh wow they're gonna win it a lot they're gonna make sure that they crush the pocket and keep lamar in it so i i would i think they just come out and throw against that yeah and i don't i don't know if you can do the three three five against so many of the two back looks like once they get the fullback in there and stuff like i i don't know if you can do the three three five there and then if they are going to come out and throw i was just thinking like the chiefs if they're in the three three five have to blitz or have to be exotic because you can't just you can't line up in the three three five and rush through your four and maintain your rush lane integrity you it would have to be specifically second and very long or third and long where you know they can't just pick up five yards and have forever to throw the ball so it's just it has to be a very specific use. I, I did want to mention on the blitz thing too here, or just overall, Lamar Jackson versus the blitz, pressure to sack ratio is, ratio is over 20%. That's double Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes was second in the NFL. Like, that's for Andrew Barber's sake. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes was second in the NFL, sitting at 11%. Pressure to sack percentage for Lamar Jackson against the blitz is 22%. If you get pressure when blitzing him, one out of every five plays is a sack. Like, that's bad. It's so like you just you got to try to heat them up. I think that's the big part of it here. If you're the Chiefs, you have to stop the run and heat them up. Now that becomes the whole thing. Win first down, so you get a chance to bring the pressure. Big. They were not winning first down mm-hmm. versus the Bills. That was a problem. And I'm not guarantee. Like there's no guarantee it won't be this time. I mean, we somehow made it this far, and we we can't go too far into it. The Chiefs got to stop the run. Chris Jones, maybe not the best run defender. You know, there's been some a friend of ours, Nate Tice, wrote an article. Fantastic work in there. Go finds Nate Tice's article. I believe it is on Yahoo is where he he is writing this year at Yahoo Sports. And so he wrote about it just talking about Chris Jones and the first three quarters of the game and how he is essentially historically unproductive against the run. This isn't like just a pure measure of how good or bad he is. He's just highly unproductive versus the run. And I think you can see that in some of the Chiefs run defense early in the games. Everybody's seen it with their eyes. We don't need to dwell on this too long because we are 45 minutes in. I just think this is a perfect time for Chris Jones' effort and play versus the run to come out before a game that they are going to need Chris Jones to play against the run. Do you, do you know what happens if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl? Do, oh, do you know? Gets paid. But yeah, gets paid again. There, Playing there the run gets him paid. I wonder if that matters. Here's the incentive. Here's the incentive. If the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, 
Chris Jones will receive an additional $1 million bonus because he made first-team All-Pro. He needed a first-team All-Pro. Because he got that, if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, he gets an extra million-dollar bonus. The carrot is out there, folks. And yes, the, the effort has been very inconsistent. But you remember, do you guys remember the what we saw the last time this man was was at a million dollars on the line? I also want to say effort. He didn't play the run at all. But he played sack. He played out of his exactly. He played out of his mind. He I want played, to be very clear. I don't think it's just effort. I just don't think Chris Jones is that good versus the run. I think a lot of it's effort. But I just don't think Chris Jones is that good versus the run. That's not his strong suit, right? That's not what he does best. So there's just a game where they need Chris Jones to show up versus the run. And the good news is what Chris Jones does well versus the run is make explosive plays. He makes big stops. He doesn't tackle a guy for three yards. He gets a negative play for the offense. That is how the Chiefs live versus the run. Their success rate, eh. But like they, or their EPA per play is bad, but their success rate's okay because they can blow stuff up. So it's just like that. We need a good Chris Jones game versus the run. They really do. This is a game where they are going to need it, and it's just perfect timing that a fantastic article has come out about it. Hopefully it's gotten to Chris Jones, and he's like, hmm, maybe I should prove them wrong, get my million dollars, and increase do it. Yeah. My, my, you know, please, my contract. Please read this, Chris. Like, please please <laughs> listen. I don't think you can do it, Chris. I don't believe you. I don't think you can do it. <laughs> uh, hey, real quick before we move on here, uh, just a quick reminder, KC Sports Tonight, uh, we've partnered with them at KCTV5. You can check them out on weeknights at 6.30, Saturday and Sunday at 10.35. We at KC Sports Network, you can check us out every Tuesday on KC Sports Tonight as well. So make sure you're checking that out. They've been a very fun partner to be working with uh, here uh, this last season, so it's been a lot of fun. Players to Watch, presented by Tickets for Less. Remember, promo code KCSN gets you tickets. At a, the cheapest discount that they have on uh, at, at tickets for less. So promo code KCSN. Matthew, player watch, go. What is this? No. Um. Okay. Ooh. The first round, I went with Travis Kelsey, and it was a big Rasheed Rice game. Then I came back and went with Rasheed Rice, and it was a little bit more of a Travis Kelsey game. So let's just keep on my same little uh, path here and take the Rasheed Kelsey combo. Um, I'm taking both of them here because one of them has to have one of them has to have a big game for the Chiefs to win here. One of them has to go off in this game. Rasheed Rice or Travis Kelsey have to have a big game. And unfortunately for them, both of them like to operate over the middle of the field where we've already talked about the Ravens are the strongest. But I think this Chiefs team, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, everybody is good enough that they can make these guys open. They can get them open. They can scheme up plays. And I think Rice and Kelsey are talented enough. So one of those two is going to need a big game. I'm cheating. It's upsetting Kent. He's very disgruntled. I don't care. One of them has to go off in this game for the Chiefs to to put up the points, which, by the way, might only be 13 points. I don't know. For the Chiefs to win this football game. Did you jinx both just now? No. No. Uh, you didn't jinx them. There's a chance. Jinx them. Look for MVS to have a big game. My player to watch is Nick hey, Bolton. He's back. Nick Bolton had an outstanding game against the Miami Dolphins. I wouldn't say that Nick Bolton had an outstanding game against the Buffalo Bills, and it kind of showed up in the run game. Now, some of that is because Willie Gay Jr. gets hurt. Some of that, you know, they, they had to adjust the scheme on the fly. Nick Bolton has to play huge in this game. Nick Bolton shows up for big games. Everybody remembers the Eagles game. He makes arguably the play of the game on that one, almost has us another one. He's got to show up in this game in a big, bad way. They've got to stay ahead of the sticks. They've got to communicate some of this stuff. He is so good at IDing things that he has seen before on film. Todd Munkin is keeping with the stuff that has gotten him here. Then he's got to be the one to orchestrate that. He's got to be the one to shift the front. and He's got to be the one to blow it up. We know he can do it. We have seen him do it before. It's got to show up this week. They can't have an off game from their Mike linebacker in an AFC championship game. So I know he'll be up for it, and I know that he'll be ready for it up here physically. Can he get to those spots? Can he be where he needs to be? If he has a big game, I really love the Chiefs' chances in that regard. And, I mean, again, he shows up for big games. So I'm I'm really expecting that we see one out of Nick Bolton this week. Yeah, I think that second level is going to get tested in a big, big way, and yeah, I think they need. I think they need Willie Gay back. I, I think Chris Bol- I, I think Nick. I think Nick Bolton's having a big one. 
I just gut feel. I mean, after last week, I think he's coming back and having a big one. If he does, I think good things are going to happen for this team. I'm going to bring it right back to Chris Jones. He's my player to watch. And I think to all of your points, like I think he's one of those guys that can really just, I mean, we know it's in him. We know what he's capable of doing. And we know he made a really big play late in that football game. But this team needs four quarters of complete Chris Jones football to win this football game. And it's got to be run and it's got to be pass and it's got to be rush lane discipline and it's got to be a march to the quarterback. They need, uh, you know, they they need him badly to just come in and play his best game of the season. And if you remember the last AFC Championship game, we got one of the best Chris Jones games of his career, an iconic game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Granted, it was a different offensive line he was trying to deal with, but he was an absolute problem in that game. And he was a huge factor in the Chiefs being able to disrupt. So I am going to go with uh, Chris Jones. Uh, massive, massive opportunity for him, especially. Hey, look, I know you're you got a million dollars on the line, Chris. That's great, but you got millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line as well for your second con for your next contract, because there are some underlying metrics that probably aren't going to be in your favor. You can shut a lot of that up with a big, big game here in the AFC Championship game. All right, folks. It is prediction time for this game. AFC Championship. Not the Arrowhead Invitational. Well, Arrowhead Invitational in Baltimore. What you got, Craig? Anybody who's listening to this right now is probably sitting there going, well, I know where Craig's going with this. And if I was picking with my brain, this would be a little bit more of a toss-up. But I don't pick championship games with my brain. I pick them with my heart. This Chiefs defense is going to come out with a wonderful strategy. Chris Jones and Nick Bolton are going to play well. Nick, uh, Legereus Need and Trent McDuffie are going to be awesome. And, you know, those two tight ends that we're worried about a little bit for the Baltimore Ravens, yeah, Justin Reed is going to make his presence felt too. I think the Chiefs defense comes out with an excellent game plan and the Chiefs offense is going to come out, they're going to find ways to move the ball against a very good defense. This is going to be a close, tight affair throughout the entire game. Harrison Butker hits a field goal as time expires for the Chiefs to win this one, 24-21, and go to back-to-back Super Bowls. Whew. All right, well, I'm glad I'm in the middle again. We know how this works. I... I took him we last have to week. Sandwich, we have to sandwich the potential negative. I had to pick against them last week because I was picking with my brain. Unlike Craig, I can't not pick with my brain when it comes to these things. I got to be a little logical with it. I got to have reasons on the field that I am picking a team to win. And like this Baltimore Ravens team is historically one of the best teams to ever. They're like the fourth best team by DVOA of all time. And you consider the strength of opponent they've played, everything like to such a good football team whose strengths align perfectly against a lot of the Chiefs' weaknesses. The Chiefs' strengths play right into a lot of the Ravens' strengths. Like, it's such a good matchup for the Ravens, but it don't matter. There's no chance I'm picking a team who's led by a quarterback who hasn't won a playoff game when the opposing team scores over 13 points. You're 0-3? The Ravens are 0-3 with Lamar Jackson at quarterback when the opposing team scores over 13 points. Are you kidding me? That's who I'm supposed to be afraid of? Hell no. Give me Patrick LeVon Mahomes. He is the guy that's been there. He is going to go back and do it again. We can sit here and talk about all this different stuff of why they might not win, why it's a hard matchup. I agree. I said I needed something on the field to buy into. Here's what I'm buying into. You got to score more than 13 points to beat the Ravens. That's number one. Number two, I've seen Patrick Mahomes play in the playoffs numerous times. The past six years, really. He's pretty damn good. You know what? I think he's going to figure out this Baltimore Ravens team who has struggled when they have seen good quarterbacks across from this year. They have given up yards. They have given up points to good quarterbacks. Chiefs 24, Ravens 20. Uh I you know the I think you know the talk has been relatively muted by the by the Ravens and good for them because they might know better a little bit, just a little bit. Um still running their mouths a little bit. Some of the national media kind of annoying me we have people saying that this might be one of the best teams in the history of the national football league lining up we have some people saying the 13 and 4 baltimore ravens are one of the best teams of all time we have people trying to put lamar jackson in the same stratosphere as patrick levon mahomes and you have a quarterback who walked into buffalo 
and ripped the hearts out of an entire region and just broke them. They are broken now. And we've got all these people trying to compare the best competitor in the history of the National Football League, the Michael Jordan of the National Football League, to somebody else. There is nobody else. Put as many MVPs as you want on Lamar Jackson. He can't touch the best player in the world. And the difference in this game is going to be the best player in the world doesn't make mistakes, and Lamar Jackson does. He ain't about this life. He can't sniff this guy. The best player in the world is in Kansas City. He has been reminding everybody and exceeding expectations and silencing doubters for six years. It ain't changing this week. We will see you in Dallas celebrating a Kansas City Chiefs AFC Championship game holding up Lamar's trophy in someone else's building. 27-21 Chiefs win. Get ready for two more weeks of Chiefs football. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.